on Sunday Night Live, we're fortunate enough to have on the line Steve Renoff from the Digital Health Agency. Uh, welcome, Steve, and uh, welcome to the program. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, look, um, uh, well, when we say the name Steve Renoff, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Digital Health Agency uh, shortly, but most people, it'll ring a bell that they uh, somebody either saw you playing for the Broncos or their father saw, the, saw you yeah, playing for, for the Broncos. One way or the other, somebody saw you, and that's when the, uh, the Broncos used to have reg- regular jerseys uh, back, back then. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that, that was back in the day, in the in the nineties, and uh, I was very fortunate. Um, you know, I, I grew up uh, in a town called Mergen. My mum came from Sherberg, so uh, the Sherberg uh, Aboriginal community near Mergen, and um, that's where I hail from. Tell us a little bit about that uh, childhood, because it's a, a very unique experience that you you would have gone through. Yeah, look, you know, we um, you know we we grew up in the in the township of, of Mergen. Um, there's 12 kids in my family, mum and dad, and eight eight sisters, and there's four boys, um, included in that. So, yeah, we, we it's funny because my mum grew up in Sherberg, my dad came from Childers um, in the Wide Bay. So, um, you know, and we had with our mob out at Sherberg as well. So, you know, but we went to school in at Mergen. We were one of the first uh, Indigenous um, families. Um, there was a, there's about I think about four or five families that were in. In town that were um, Aboriginal, so we uh, we all went to the you know, the non-Indigenous school, and um, we had a lot of our mobs uh, that were still out at Sherberg, uh, and then um, we we used to it was it was a, it was a yeah a, a different upbringing in, in the fact that because you know we were in, Aboriginal people living in the white community, and our Indigenous community is just right. It's only five kilometres next door, so yeah, back in the seventies and eighties, yeah, it was it was very different. Yeah, because on 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 the mission, you know, uh, people had to get permission to go places and marry and all that kind of thing. So you would have had quite a bit more freedom, I imagine. Yeah, well, that, that was before my time, but my mum grew up with that. My her family uh, grew up with that uh, permission slips just to leave the community. My my nan used to work in at Mergen, so she'd have to get a an, obviously a, a, a payment uh, employment slip to leave the community to go and work in at Mergen. She was a cook. Um, and uh, you know, so yeah, you know, very different times back then, and it just shows how resilient, um, you know, my family and all, all of our mob's family are that come out of communities uh, that had to interact with with the non-indigenous communities, and um, that's why you know today you know we're going strong, you know, so it's just one of the things that we our mob had to put up with. One thing that's lived on through football is a, a famous name by the name of Big Frank, and uh, he, he yeah. come from that part of the world. Tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, look, uh, Uncle Frank Fisher was obviously, um, you know, just a, a great sporting legend. Rugby league, he excelled at. Um, you know, he I th- he got offered to play, um, you know, I think, uh, for Wide Bay, who might played against Great Britain and uh, was turned down. I think it was either Wade Bay or, or Queensland, and um, the authorities uh, said no to him. So he was picked in the team, and um, and once again, you know, like Uncle Eddie Gilbert, who was, who was a Queensland cricketer um, from Sherberg as well. Um, you know, the, these are, and that's why it's such a strong sporting community, um, Sherberg. Um, and with the Aboriginal Torres Strait Island community is because of guys like Uncle Frank Fisher and what he achieved back in those days when things were so tough um, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Well, people grew up, um, you know, uh, 
with uh, Big Frank as their hero. Then another generation yeah. come along, and they uh, they had Steve Renouf. Uh, as their as their hero, you know that's that's who they when they played footy in the backyard, everybody wanted to uh, have your uh, jersey on as such. Uh, how, how did how did that affect you? The kind of pressure to live up to that name. Yeah, look, I, I think it was uh, you know coming down here in Brisbane, coming from Bergen when I was seventeen, I was first year out of high school in ninety uh, eight was my first year out in the first year of the Broncos, so. Build a profile very quickly because the club was very successful early. Um, so I got bought into that very early. Um, so for me, uh, I look back now and, you know, I feel so proud um, that I had that influence on uh, our community. Um, you know, because you go, still go around the country, you know, even around the country outside of, um, you know, I go up to Darwin and um, it, it's amazing how much they know about their rugby league up there. I, I was surprised. Um, I haven't spent much time, but um, they're really across the footy. But for me, uh, to have a lot of these young fellas that uh, grew up in Sherberg and Mergen uh, and the South Burnett that sort of followed my career and looked up to me is something I'm very proud of. Yeah, and uh, you should be too, because there was um, a big heap of people um, coming along, and then uh, we've had um, other people come on the scene, and it's um, it's 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 ever evolving, you could say. But um, these days, you're um, you're probably um, a little bit more involved in something called health. Yes, and uh, you 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 have a passion about that, and uh, uh, right at this present time. Um, you're a, a, an ambassador for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Tell us how you got involved in that. Yeah, look, um, I was diagnosed at 22, uh, just really at the start of my footy career with type 1 diabetes. Um, so something I had to handle early on in my footy career and life, um, to be honest. And, and since then, um, I have five children. I've got four, daughter, uh, four sons and one daughter and um, adults now and they're all type one diabetics as well. So, and be, I think being involved, um, and you know, I'm playing regularly back in the day, and, and playing with type one diabetes, um, I sort of thought, well, they're the organisation I need to be attached because I need to show people that living with with diabetes, whether that be type one or type two, and type two is very prevalent in our community um, across the country. So, um, it, you can live with diabetes. It, it, it's not a uh, terminal illness or, you know, if you look after it, uh, you can have longevity in your life and, and do what you want to do. But it, but it all comes back to, like everything in health, if you, if you look after yourself, um, you know, and I was in a perfect position to do that with type 1 playing in a, a professional rugby league team. So, and I passed that on to my five kids who have type 1 and they look after their diabetes very well. So we just try to get that message out there to the community. Yeah, and that's something that's uh, ongoing and uh, something that you've sort of uh, committed uh, this part of your life to, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, it's um, you know, just uh, I'm part of the I just become an ambassador for the uh, Australian Diabetes Educators, and they're they're the people I see as so most probably the important cog in in that journey uh, with anyone with type one or type two diabetes. That uh, you know, if you can go go to your your local GP, your local Aboriginal medical service. Or, or whatever, and um, you know, there's there's always going to be someone there who'll who'll know about diabetes, and and I'd like to think that you know we have um, uh, diabetic educators across the country. We, uh, you know, so they're very good to uh, obviously 
get info of, and they uh, they know uh, just as much as the doctors uh, about about diabetes. Yeah. I, uh, I believe you're also working as co-chair for the agency's medicine safety program. Yeah, so with, with the digital health, uh, the federal government digital health agency, uh, I think three, just over three years ago, I got asked to co-chair, I got a consumer co-chair for the uh, medicine safety committee. And, you know, we're responsible for everyone's medical records that go on the My Health record, um, you know, which we, we talk about today. And uh, so we're making sure that they're made safe uh, the right information's up there and, um, you know, just trying to relay to the community that everything's, you know, there's nothing to be scared of about the My Health record um, and that's my responsibility as consumer co-chair that I can tell the community that, uh, you know, being on the My Health record is a positive. There's no negative to it and uh, it's just the way, um, you know, it's a summary of your health information Um and, you know, it, it comes from different places because we, we work across a lot of different areas. Oh, when I say as the consumer, as a patient, you know, from hospitals to pharmacies um, and different clinics, um, when you're on the My Health record, you can get access and they can get access to your records if need be, if you're travelling. Um, I, I know a lot of our community like to travel uh, between communities and um, especially uh, in between, in, even between states. So, um, you know, to have that... Uh, on the My Health record means if anything goes wrong while you're away from home, uh, your uh, medical people, that your GP or, or the um, people who are looking after you outside of your state uh, or, or area uh, can get access to your medical records. Yeah, well, um, um, it's it's only authorised doctors too because I yeah. noticed I went to a different doctor a little while back and they uh, I just thought my... Uh, um, my health records would have been automatically accessible to them, but uh, not so. So uh, probably a good idea to check when you go to make an appointment whether or not your uh, your doctor's authorised. Yeah, well, that's right. And, I mean, you get to control that as well. As, as a patient gets control, who can see their records? Um, so th- th- I think uh, that's a great thing. You know, it's not, not everyone... Um, you know, there's a lot of questions asked about who can and who can't view the records. Well, um, that, that's up to uh, the consumer um, when, when they do. And, look, there's going to be a lot of education around that, who can see it and what control. And really the full control comes from the patient um, around what they want in their medical records and who they want to see it. Um, and, and also, uh, you know, there's still a big education process going on even with the industry with with gps and medical centers about them uh coming on board with the my health record as well look there's a a connection between physical health and mental health uh that's uh, long been proven and uh, still people are uh, are walking down that road and trying to get a a balance between the two and um just of recent times, um, we we see uh, the likes of Ernie Dingo coming this way, uh, taking um, men and uh, young boys as well um, out onto yeah. country, camping on on country. Um, yeah. uh, you know, with with the way things are in the, the year of twenty twenty, do you think there's a need for more of a a connection with youth and uh, and that and, and a rite of passage with initiation? Oh, with without a doubt, you know, I, I just think. You, you can't get any more. You know, it gives me goosebumps talking about it because, you know, I've, I probably haven't done that even. I'm 50 now, and I, I really, even though in me I have this connection, I've, I've never, never really gone through that. You know, I've got, I've got 
five young kids, or as I said, young adults, and um, it's something that um, I'd love to have my children go through as well. And I think from a mental health point of view, it, there's probably no better um, uh, thing you can do than, you know, go back to country and just, you know, just be a part of it. And um, there, there's a lot there, you know, when you when you talk about the physical and the, and the mental side of things, um, that goes a long way in, in, in just, you know, making people, because a lot of our young generation uh, are very lost in their identity. And um, we find it time and time again in the work we do, um, you know, uh, we do a lot of work here with Deadly Choices and that. And there's a lot of kids that have been disconnected, and, and so we help them try and get back in uh, you know, connection with, you know, who they really are. I just become aware of something uh, quite amazing. I've been following the uh, the emu, the dark emu in the sky for quite a number of years, yes, yes. Uh, and, and love it when uh, when it comes into view round about March thereabouts. And um, uh, there's something I've only just become aware of uh, connected to that dark emu is uh, two borer rings in the sky. That yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So. Um, uh, it's uh, I've only found only found out about it two days ago, so I'm uh, a little bit green on the information. But when when those um, uh, two borer rings are, um, are vertical, uh, that's when some uh, mob get together and uh, do their uh, initiation business. So they wait for right? the, yeah. Yeah, for that specific time. So um, you know, getting people you know, out, away from the television and outside and going to a place where there, there's not light pollution, showing them that kind of things uh, sometimes can be a life-changing event for a young man. It is, you know, and look, there's, there's a, a lot of, a lot of a- Aboriginal um, people who aren't aware of that, the emu as well and Jukapa, and I, I've not long, um, a few years ago, uh, learnt about that and not in too much depth, but... Uh, it's very powerful, um, you know, and that, that's the law. And um, it's just amazing um, when you hear that story, and that's what's got to be passed on to, to the younger generation. Yeah, it certainly does. And uh, you're in a, a great place to do that. And and uh, with the likes of uh, of media as well, we can share part of that uh, story. Um, and the, um, the story, as long as it keeps going, is the main thing. Yeah, exactly right. You know, I couldn't, couldn't say that any better. Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, have a yarn with you. We'd hope to uh, do a follow-up yarn a little bit further yep. down the road when you've got some uh, other news. But, yeah, we, we, we'd like to say thank you from all the crew here at um, Sunday Night Live. Oh, I appreciate that, and thanks for the time.